It's been more than a week since the killing of George Floyd. And since then, our nation has been in turmoil. There's been a mix of peaceful protesters and violent rioters. And we might ask, where is God? Where is he in the midst of this? Is he watching from a safe distance? That's not what the gospel says. Jesus says, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He went all in. He gave the best he had, his beloved son. And Jesus, when he came into the world, didn't shy away from the violence. He didn't shy away from the brokenness of the world. He faced it. And he embraced it. He took it on himself. He bore it in his body on the cross. But still, we might ask, well, what has that done for us? Now, 2,000 years later, there's still so much violence in the world. And God is God. Couldn't he intervene more directly? Couldn't he set things right? Couldn't he establish more just political institutions, more just laws? Well, if God came as a judge, now, who of us would stand? Jesus said, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He will come one day as a judge, and he will set all things right. But first he came as a Savior, and thanks be to God. He came to save us, and salvation is inside out. It starts with the heart. God could establish perfect laws, But until he changes the heart, nothing changes. We need political solutions. We need legal solutions. We need cultural solutions. But most of all, we need a gospel solution. The summer after I graduated from college, I spent a month in Cairo, Egypt, living with Sudanese refugees. At that time, There were millions of Sudanese refugees living in Egypt because of the civil war. It was a brutal civil war that lasted over a decade between North and South Sudan. North Sudan was predominantly Arab and Muslim, and South Sudan was predominantly black and Christian or animist. And this civil war drug on for years. It was a war motivated by both racial and and religious tensions. And I lived when I was in Cairo with a man named Samuel, who was from the Dinka tribe, the largest tribe in South Sudan. He was the principal of a school for Sudanese refugees. And one day he shared with me his testimony. When he was a boy, he had been out away from his village tending the flock when invaders came from the north and slaughtered almost his entire village. So he grew up with a terrible hatred, this consuming hatred. He had one purpose in his life, and it was to exact revenge. He wanted to grow up, go to North Sudan, and kill as many Arab people as he could. But when he was still young, he encountered Christ, and his heart began to be unsettled. It wasn't until a couple of years later, when he fell very ill, and 
he was he had a severe attack of arthritis that left him crippled in his right hip. And he knew that he couldn't walk and that he wouldn't be able to fight anyone. And he recognized it as a sign from God. God spoke to him in that time and told him, Samuel, I don't want you to devote your life to killing Arabs because I love them and I sent my son to save them. And Samuel had a radical change of heart. Instead of dedicating his life to exacting revenge, he decided that he would leave everything, risk everything, and go to northern Sudan and begin to preach the gospel to these Muslim Arab people. His heart was all of a sudden filled with love for these people who he spent his whole life hating. And so he began to go and preach to them, Jesus Christ came for you and died for you. You have a Father in heaven who loves you. Well, soon he was thrown out of the country and ended up in Egypt. And that's where I met him. The gospel has power to transform hearts. And that's the most urgent need of our society and our world today. So what can we do as Christians, as women and men who know Christ and have experienced the power of his gospel? How can we respond to the situation of violence and turmoil in our country? First, we can examine our own hearts and we can ask honestly if we find there any racism, any indifference, or maybe we've, been, we've suffered racism or prejudice and we have there some unforgiveness, some bitterness. Let's ask the Lord to come and transform us because he can do that. Second, let's pray. You know, when Samuel arrived to Egypt, he began to gather with other Sudanese people to fast and pray every day, every week, for the end of the civil war. Every Wednesday, they would gather, they would fast all day, and in the evening, they would gather, and they would pray intensely with faith that God would bring an end to the war. And they prayed like that for years. But finally, the war did end, and they believe that it's partly due to their prayers, and I believe so also. So let's fast and pray for peace in our country, a deep and lasting peace. Finally, engage. When God saw the brokenness of the world, he didn't remain at a distance. He sent his only son. And Christ, when he came into the world, didn't remain at a distance. But he went right for the brokenness. I can't tell you what to do. That's a question of your own conscience that you have to pray about. But our gospel tells us how. If we're going to go and march and protest, then let's go with hearts full of love for our friends and for our enemies, for victims and for persecutors. Let's go and be ready to be persecuted ourselves, to turn the other cheek, to forgive, because love changes things. Or maybe we won't go out, but we're called to reach out to someone near to us, someone who's different, someone who thinks differently or looks different. Let's ask Christ to lead us out, to help us to engage and not to stay at a safe distance. You know, God wants more for our country and for our world 
than just tolerance. He wants more than just an end to violence. He wants more than just external peace. On the night before Christ offered his life on the cross, he prayed to the Father, Father, I pray that they might be one as you and I are one. That's the kind of unity that he wants for us, a unity that has as its model the unity of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God. And one day he will draw us into that unity. That's what he's doing by the power of his gospel. One day, every tribe and tongue and nation will be drawn into the unity of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray and work with love that that day might come more quickly.